listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert-Monk. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Here's your host here, Tim, wrestling back the uh, the captaincy of the, sh- the sinking ship from Lee from Friday, who took good care of you. Uh, I listened back to that one today. Lee, welcome you in. Uh, how was your weekend, buddy? Yeah, really good, thanks, mate. Yeah, really good. Um, started off uh, really nicely by you know, posting that pod up that I'd been working hard at to edit. Mm. Um, and yeah, after a few technical difficulties, yeah, got out and yeah, had a good weekend after that. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Did you, did you take a lie down all weekend after doing that one for Friday? <laughs> yeah, although to be fair, I did say that I'd mastered the, the the software that we used to edit it now, so I'm quite happy with myself. You know, it's, it's a good sense of achievement, isn't it? You know, to get something edited now. Uh, I hope people enjoy it when they listen to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just a reminder, if anyone, uh, all the last two weeks, we've uh, con- concentrated on, on a division a day. Uh, ten straight days, ten straight weekdays of uh, podcasts for you, looking at AFC, uh, NFC divisions, a fan from each team, uh, and in some circumstances, two fans as well. So uh, we'd like to share the love here on this podcast. Uh, last week as well, also saw the start of our uh, Where Do They Go From Here series. And this week, obviously, is the AFC, what is it this week? I can't remember. NFC North this week, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long yeah, week. Right. It's been a long two weeks. We started off with AFC North, now we're moving on to NFC North. Ah, yes, there we did. We did that indeed. Um, yeah, good show in front of us today. We have Anthony Savino, the uh, real NFL guru, uh, talking about every a storyline from each team there in the NFC. Looking forward to that. Uh, lots of storylines, uh, n- not because the uh, free agency started uh, yesterday or the legal legal tampering period did. Anyway, have you have you legally tampered with anything? <laughs> My lawyers won't let me say. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Good dodge there. You, you're a politician in your second job. Yeah, I have to be very diplomatic now. Yeah. And now I'm working in management, you know, dealing with people and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also on the on the podcast today we have the quiz as it is a Tuesday and um, Paul Brown the, the big Cleveland uh, Cleveland Browns fan uh, tackles the quiz that will be on a bit later on in the show but Lee uh, it makes sense to start with what's what happened uh, since the last time we spoke on Tuesday quite a lot has happened uh, not only free agency but uh, of course the Antonio Brown trade yeah Mr Mr Big Check has become Mr Big Check hasn't yeah. he he's Got some more money, um, and he's got that Las Vegas lifestyle that he's probably been wanting. Well, in a year or so, he has. Mm. Um, he's, he's got his way, hasn't he? He's kind of done, done what he wanted to do. And kind of, yeah. Well, I guess we'll go through the wins and losers that shortly, so we won't go too much into that. But yeah, he's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's funny actually how we joked a couple of weeks ago saying that he was lost. He was lost in Las Vegas, and uh, he'll <laughs> he'll at some point end up there. So that was. Uh... That was yeah. quite funny. But yeah, I mean, let, let's break it down. Obviously, Antonio Brown, initially, uh, Ian Rappaport reported that he was going to the Bills, but uh, seems to be no bueno on that one. Um, and I, I just can't help but think that Antonio Brown's just absolutely screwed the Steelers over. Um, you know, the Bills were going to offer a hell of a lot more than the Raiders did, giving up a third and a fifth round pick. And let's not forget as well, last year's draft, my, my, uh, the Oakland Raiders traded a third round pick for Martavis Bryant. So um, yeah, that that just screams Antonio Antonio Brown played the system and won, which uh, isn't isn't usually the case. But, um, you know, it's like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Antiques Roadshow with, um, you know, a bottle of vintage wine that's been over there for like 25, 50, 30 years. Uh, and then for, for an expert to tell them that it's just someone's urine in, in, enclosed in it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, just when you said he uh, played the system, they won't be very popular in Vegas then with that attitude and he's <laughs> playing the system and winning there. They don't think all over there, do they? No. No, absolutely not. But uh, I, I thought from from obviously the winners from here uh, is Antonio Brown. Obviously, thirty years old. He's now he's, he's now the uh, the highest paid wide receiver uh, in the league, getting thirty million guarantees at the age of thirty. Ninety. His contract works out about nineteen million a year. Um, so fair play to him. But uh, yeah, I mean Pittsburgh are eating twenty one million in dead cap, so they're quite quite comfortably the losers of this trade, only getting a third and a fifth. Um, but yeah, obviously not being able to trade into Buffalo, who was I think we we're going to offer some something in the first round. I think they were going to trade places or something uh, in this year's draft. Um, but yeah, yeah, Oakland Oakland did well to not to not give up any of their their four picks inside the top thirty five. Yeah, for sure. I don't really know because yeah, that's the rumor that I heard that Buffalo were going to move from nine to twenty and switch mm. first with Pittsburgh, which obviously is a hell of a lot more than than a fifth and a third round pick. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't understand uh, sort of where that's come from and how they've sort of reached that deal. 
Because it's not even as though Oakland's like a great destination for Antonio Brown. He would have been really pushing for it. Mm. You know, in, in, I'm not in a football terms anyway, not in football sense. No, absolutely not. And uh, so one point for me to come out of all this, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, he's had Big Ben funnel him targets over the last six years uh, to the tune of, you know, these are his averages, 170 targets, 1,200 yards and, and eleven, just over 11 touchdowns. I mean, he's not going to get that in Oakland uh, or Las Vegas. And it'd just be interesting to see when he decides to throw throw a hissy fit and turn into Odell Beckham Jr. Um because he's not going to get he's not going to get any rings in uh, in Oakland, and he's probably not going to get the production and the, and the padding of the stats that he they had the luxury of over there in Pittsburgh. No, no, definitely not. Um, like I said, I, I think the main motivation for this this uh, this move that he's sort of manufactured for himself is just money and lifestyle. In the, the day, you know, Buffalo is not probably the most attractive place to live in in the US. You know, it's very cold, and Las Vegas, obviously. Especially for a rich man, uh, he's probably quite more, more, a lot more attractive to live in Las Vegas. You know, obviously we're, we're talking about in the future. Obviously, they're still in Oakland for now, but um, yeah, you know, it's probably a little bit better, isn't it, on the on the wish list? Yeah, and at least at the very least, Lee, he's uh, he's dyed his his gold mustache back to black. But I was quite surprised he didn't do half black, half silver. Yeah, the uh, the the crazy thing was that I thought was um, you know when he sort of tweeted out that mock-up of him in an Oakland jersey. Is he still uh, photoshopped his gold moustache on? <laughs> Time to you know, do that. Yeah, very, very strange going on. But it remains to be seen whether or not that's, um, it would work out for AB over there in Oakland. Obviously, he leaves a void there in Pittsburgh. Juju Smith-Schuster um, quite cleverly choosing his picture that he that, to, to post that he's ready to to take over the mantle, obviously it's going to be uh, going to be direct comparisons between the two next season. I, I assume that people for fantasy and real life would would rather Juju's production over Antonio Brown's next season. Who who, who wins next season in terms of stats? Well, I, I mentioned Juju, didn't I, in the last pod when we were talking about kind of uh, our winners and losers kind of thing from and, and who's going to be rise and falls, wasn't it? That's how we. Sorry, because mm. uh, I think Juju can be moved around. Pittsburgh is still going to be productive. They're going to still have James Washington. They're still going to get uh, some boy draft another wide receiver. They're still going to have Big Ben. Uh, they're still going to have a relatively productive backfield, and they're still going to have Vance McDonald. So they're still going to have like a pretty decent, you know, offensive output. Mm. Uh, and like I said, you can kind of move Juju around. He can play inside. He can play out. He's that big slot, uh, which suits him really well. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'm much much fancy Juju uh, much more than Antonio Brown who. You know, the situation isn't quite there. The offense is still pretty horrible, and you know it is a drop off to go from Big Ben to Derek Carr in terms of quarterbacking as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I found it quite funny actually with the whole Bills thing that was going on. Um, obviously, the Buffalo Bills started printing the uh, Antonio Brown jerseys. Maybe that's why they uh, they signed John Brown. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, which is uh, which is a very nice segue. Uh, into free agency, obviously it's the start of the free agency periods or the legal the legal tampering uh, part of it. It's, I think it starts tomorrow. So happy free agency to all the listeners out there. Um, I mean, what, what we'll do, Lee, is we obviously today we're going to talk NFC storylines. Next week is AFC storylines. Twenty uh, seventh, we twenty uh, sixth, we will be talking uh, the free agency roundup just to let the uh, the dust settle a little bit and then talk about maybe some all the winners and losers and and go through most of the deals. But uh, any any deals that you that you liked or disliked that that stand out to you? Well, I'll take one of each. Um, let's start with the good news first. Let's start on the positive note. One, obviously, you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast over the last like, few months will know that I've been a big fan of the Bears and what they've been doing. Um, defense. Um, I think Adrian Amos is a great player, great safety. Uh, so his move to Green Bay and what the Green Bay have got out of that is a fantastic move for me. Um, you know, they've weakened a the divisional rival, they've filled a big hole, they've got a great player. Um, and a, a relatively reasonable price, in my opinion, for such a, you know, player, he's, he's, back, he's not even in his prime yet, in his prime years. So yeah, Adrian Amos is one that really stood out for me, um, especially obviously. Um, I was always going to pick one. Uh, the bad news, you know, obviously aside, and going back to the Open Raiders is Trent Brown. Um, yeah, yikes! That's a not a great. That's a, a lot of money. Uh, below average tackle at best, I would say. Mm. Uh, he's one of those, isn't he? You know, the Patriots so well drilled. Um, you know, once you step outside that system, not many players do do better than they did in New England, and I think. That'll be a big case uh, in 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I've, I've got a couple, and I say I'm not going to go into too much detail, uh, say because we'll, we'll pick it up when the dust settles uh, in a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, one for me, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars managed to uh, to beat themselves in a bidding war, um, you know, giving Foles a four-year, eighty-eight million dollar deal. Um, bit of a mistake if you if you ask me, but it was always the obvious destination, wasn't it? Um, I think that you know there were other options available. They could have taken a core back at number seven uh, and be able to to keep guys that they've released, such as Malik Jackson, uh, and you know, or you could even take Teddy Bridgewater as well. But to to give Foles a four year, eighty eight million dollar deal, um, yeah, the Jags. I don't I don't really like the future for them. And the other one, the other one as well, the uh, Baltimore defense. I mean, it's like uh, being in a bar in Magaluf where the free drinks tokens run out and then you've just gone on to the next bar. You've got uh, Zadarius, Zadarius Smith, Eric Weddle, CJ Mosley and, and uh, Suggs all, all gone. So, um, yeah, just a mass exodus there on the Baltimore Ravens defence. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a very different team, isn't it? Obviously, the way they're going to play on offence is going to evolve even more to fit Lamar Jackson. And then, yeah, the, the defence is going to look very, very different uh, up there in Baltimore. I just want to go on to, to about Nick Foles. I don't really think Nick Foles' rival precludes Jags from drafting a quarterback at number seven. I still think that could happen. But yeah, kind of a, a, a weird move. You know, Nick Foles a lot of money. And then to kind of justify that by saying, um, well, we kind of had to pay Nick Foles this money so he got respect in the locker room. And I don't know if it works like that, to be honest. You know, if, if Nick Foles is bad and he's getting paid this money, then they're going to turn on him. You know, yeah, yeah. Jalen Ramsey and and people like that are not going to fall with that, especially after Blake Bortles. Yeah. You know, Jalen Ramsey, when he came out with that rant about all the, all the other quarterbacks being bad, and he kind of, he only gave lukewarm praise to Bortles, which is his own quarterback. So I can't imagine, you know, them putting up with uh, with Bortles if, you know, if he's not doing the business. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, the, the final point before we move on nicely on to the NFC uh, storylines. Uh, the, the, there's a couple of teams. I, I see the New England Patriots are, are trying to take over a couple of different teams in the NFL. Obviously, last season uh, was the Tennessee Titans with uh, Vrabel, um, Malcolm Butler and Dion Lewis. And this year is obviously Detroit uh, with Trey Flowers, um, Danny Amendola and uh, uh, Justin Coleman. So yeah, the... Uh, the, the quest for dominance, for world dominance in the NFL uh, continues whilst uh, Bill Belichick is uh, sunning himself in Barbados. Um, <laughs> probably very, very flattering, as yeah. we saw of him uh, earlier on on social media. So. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably uh, sitting on the sunbed eating a packet of crisps, and uh, which is a very nice segue, shoehorn segue, if I will, into our mo- put the mockers on it today. I mean, that, that's just expert, isn't it? Expert levels. Um yeah, put the mockers on it today is uh, crisps. Um, I personally have a really big problem with crisps. Can't stop eating them. That's all I ever eat. So I thought it'd be good uh, to get, if you had the number one overall pick on a packet of crisps, Lee, what would you go for? Uh, I'm a bit left field, a bit of a left field choice with this one. So I've really got into um, black pepper and uh, black pepper, well, black pepper, yeah, flavoured crisps. Uh, yeah, really into them at the moment. You know, multiple brands. Uh, Usually with these like posher brands, uh, like Tyrrells or something like that, mm. these hand hand crafted baked crisps. But yeah, no, I'm really into black pepper crisps at the moment. So are you a crisp snob? I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say that. It's just I, I don't know. Maybe my taste has matured uh, over the past few months, and I've really yeah got got a taste for them. Yeah, right. fair enough. Um, for for me, it's got to be the uh, the Sainsb- uh, the Sainsbury's. Get out of here, Sainsbury's. Um, it's got to be the, the Walker's Terran share where you've got a little, uh, um, it's, a ba- it's, a, it's a bag and a bowl where, and I can just eat all of those all day, every day, and <laughs> just till the, t- the cows come home. But um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm, I, I don't really uh, discriminate on crisps as any flavour, any brand. I'm not a big Doritos fan. Are you a, big, are you a Doritos fan? Yeah, so def- definitely a big Doritos fan. Obviously, um, Super Bowl snack as well, melting some cheese on there, making the nachos, getting some salsa. Big Doritos fan, but no, no, I don't really Chris Knob, you know, just you know, second favorite for me would just be a standard packet of Walker salt and vinegar, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, salt and vinegar. What, what is that your flavor? Fla- flavor salt and vinegar all day for me, salt, salt and vinegar all day for me, uh, Lee. Yeah, yeah, can't go wrong, you know, classic, isn't it? Mm. Okay, uh, let us know what you your favourite. If you had the number one pick in the crisp mock draft, what you would go for, you can get us at full ten yards on the Twitter. 
Um, so that, yeah, pretty much wraps us up with all the bit of news. And say a couple of weeks time, we when when the dust has all settled, um, we shall cover all the free agency stuff and say mo- most people will be in their new homes. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, sh- uh, should be an interesting one. But let's uh, let's turn our attention to the NFC and let's uh, let's get let's let's start telling some stories. Okay, if you're putting your children to bed, it's probably a good time because we're going to, about to talk a lot of stories and to help us uh, go through the NFC and the storyline from each team, we have uh, Anthony Savino, uh, also known as the real NFL guru. I've never met a guru before, so this one should be quite interesting. Uh, Anthony, welcome into the Full 10 Yards podcast from across the pond. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, so obviously... Well, nice yeah, nice yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's always good to, to talk... Uh, with our, our friends across the pond, but Anthony, you, you are obviously you do quite a lot in terms of fantasy football. You host a, a, a podcast and a YouTube channel. Just maybe want to give the listeners who maybe aren't aware of you what you do and what you're all about. Well, I am a uh, or the senior writer over at Burst.com. I also uh, do a little bit of breaking news over at Fantasy Pro. Com. And then, of course, I have the podcast uh, at the FF Faceoff. You can find us on Twitter and all of the other social media handles, and we're also on YouTube. Lovely stuff, yeah. I'd say I, I, I do. I often see you at the top of my uh, Twitter feed with with live uh, with live feeds. So I do uh, tw- dip in and out of, of those, and it's to say, yeah, very, very, uh, very present on on social media there. So anyone out there that doesn't know of Anthony's work and, and the guys over there, FF uh, Faceoff, go and check that out. But we're here to talk storylines, and we're here to talk about NFC. So lots of obviously sixteen teams to get through. So we shall, we shall dive right on into it. So we will start off with what should we start off with? Let's start off with the NFC East. So I'll I'll start off with uh, Dallas Cowboys because um, you know, I'm biased like that, being a Cowboys fan. And do you know what? I, that's what I can do because I I run this ship, the, the sinking ship, uh, the Titanic 2.0. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, my, my storyline for the Dallas Cowboys is obviously going to be Demarcus Lawrence and that defensive line for for, for the Cowboys. Um, you know, can the Cowboys screw up uh, what they have there, what they have left in the in the defensive line? Uh, obviously, Randy Gregory, David Irving uh, have somewhat uh, left the Cowboys in different circumstances, and yeah, you know, it just seems to be uh, Crawford and, and Demarcus Lawrence left. So it'd be interesting to see if the Cowboys can can screw up and what the uh, Dallas defensive line looks in 2019. You know, there's. Uh, it, apart from apart from Randy Gregory and um, David Irving, there's not a lot of depth there, is there? You know, you've got Taco Charlton, you've got um, Woods, Crawford, Armstrong. You know, we need a lot of depth there. And I know I know the draft is is stacked with uh, defensive line talent there. So it'd be interesting to see if they they don't even have a first round pick. So um, yeah, things could get quite could go south quite quickly for for the Dallas Cowboys on the defensive line. Uh, any any thoughts on that at all? Well, I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan as well. And, you know, Taco Charlton, it doesn't seem like he is living up to round pedigree as of yet. Uh, maybe uh, Randy Gregory's departure at work for uh, I'd like to see the Cowboys. Listen, they have a lot of um, uh, players to pay of their own. Yeah. And they usually are pretty quiet at the top of free agency, and they like to make these second-wave signings. And one player I'd love for them to bring back, he's a, he would have a lot of money, and he actually played well in Dallas, and it was Benson Mayoa. If you remember, he played a year or two in Dallas. He came over from the Raiders, and I think he spent last season in the desert in Arizona. He's a free agent again, so if the Cowboys want to add some depth, bring back Benson Mayoa at a really cheap price. We're spending all our time here. Uh, it, yeah, Dallas is spending all the time. Bring up Jason Witten for three and a half million, picking up Alan Hearns' contract one year, four million. Why? Why are we sorting out these? The small fry when we've got Demarcus Lawrence there, you know, he's now feeling disrespected. Apparently, they they are miles apart. I just think, you know, a guy that's that's had you know twenty four and a half sacks over the last couple of years. Why why are we not paying him? Considering last year we slapped the the franchise tag on him, saying you know prove prove your worth, and now we're we're mucking him about again. So um, that's certainly going to be the big storyline there in Dallas uh, over the summer. Let's move on to uh, Washington Redskins. Yeah, so my first one to kick off for the Redskins is. It's kind of what's the thought process with Case Keenum? Obviously, I, I think this is a bit of a desperate attempt from Jay Gruden to see how desperate the decision makers are getting. Obviously, in free agency, because uh, when the the move for Case Keenum announced, it was kind of too short. I guess apart from um, Redskins fans, Josh Rosen. 
So the thing is, I think Keenum kind of keeps Washington competitive enough from getting a top five pick next year. Uh, you know, because without... I don't think they've made the playoffs with some luck because Dallas and Philly are better as things stand. Uh, so at the moment, you know, the way I see it, I think Washington needs to put some pieces around the QB. Uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, and on defense as well. Otherwise, it's just another season of mediocrity. We've mentioned it on the podcast before. You know, if you get to a stage where you like the Miami Dolphins, where you're just literally 500, years and years and years, then you're just in that sort of no man's land, and that's not what the skins want to be in. No, no, absolutely not. And I say we, in our in our podcasts where we went through the NFC East, we, we with Scott, we said we said that you know, like Miami, it needs a bad season before that you know you can kind of go. You need to go one step back before you go two steps forward. Um, Anthony, any thoughts on the Washington Redskins? I, I, if I was them, I probably would have traded a third round pick and brought in Josh Rosen instead of kicking the tires with Case Keenum. Yeah, in his contract. Yeah. Because they're already on the hook for Alex Smith's money that they guaranteed him. Even if he doesn't play, I'm pretty sure they're going to be on a hook for a lot out of that. And when they have all those needs, you bring in Josh Rosen, who's going to be on his rookie deal for the next three. And it compensates for that money you're paying Smith. Mm. Cap. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I completely agree. No, absolutely. Um, do we actually really think that Rosen was on the hook for a third, though? That's the rumors I'm and that could be a reason why he wasn't moved or hasn't been moved yet because I think if they are actually going to trade him, they're not going to get a first. Yeah, no, no fair enough. Um, I don't know. It seems quite cheap for a guy who's only one year into his NFL career when he had a desperate situation. A, you know, terrible offensive coordinator, terrible line, no weapons. It's, you know, it's quite a drop-off, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely is. Okay, talking of dropping off, the Philadelphia Eagles had a decent drop-off last season, so much to my delight. Uh, Anthony, what's the main storyline from your perspective about the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, there's a, a lot to talk about with the Eagles, but the one is, is Carson Wentz. It, this is a make-or-break season for Carson Wentz. We've seen him in his rookie year. Uh, he didn't have the best rookie year, and then he fought. Follows with an MVP-like performance. He got hurt. Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. And then Carson Wentz comes back last year. And we see a little bit of both. We see some big numbers, but we saw a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers in a small amount of time. So I think 2019 is going to be make or break for Wentz. What Wentz shows up, and they are trying to give him some weapons to get a team around him. Mm. So this is going to be big to see what Carson Carson Wentz really is. Is he more like Derek Carr? Or is he more like Carson Wentz uh, that we saw two years ago? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, when, where do they go if he's not, if he's not uh, up to scratch? If mm. he's not, if he's broken beyond repair, where do they go from there? Mm. That's a big question for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, very interesting. Okay, another another team that's uh, had all the all the headlines last season with uh, the Saquon Barkley pick, the New York Giants, Lee. What have you gone, what have you gone for there? Yeah, so the one thing for the Giants that they seem to decide that Eli is the guy for, for 2019 at least. So the storyline here, I think, is, is protecting him at all costs. And they've started to do that by beefing up the offensive line. They made a nice move for Kevin Zeitler, uh, which I feel like, uh, you know, is, is, is sort of carrying on the work that they did last year when they drafted Will Hernandez and brought in Nate Solder. Uh, you know, to sort of compound this and go even further with this, I feel like the, the sixth overall pick is trending to be spent on a right tackle. Mm. So I think, um, yeah, Jawan Taylor, Cody Ford are in play. Uh, it's not only that, you know, the kicker is that Eli stays in his feet more often and, and running lanes open up a safe one. Yeah, no, absolutely. So they tried they tried to, to patch it a little bit last season, didn't they? And it obviously didn't, didn't quite work. But uh, yeah, Anthony, Anthony, what do you make of uh, the Eli Manning storyline? What was it like over there? Well, I live in New Jersey, right, you know, Giants and Eagles and Eli Manning country, and a lot of the fan base and a lot of the media want the, want the Giants to move on from. There is always that group that says, hey, give him an offensive line and he'll take him to the Super Bowl. I just don't get it because the Giants line was... I think they were graded as a top 21 line. They were ranked as like a 20 or 21st line, which wasn't uh, great last year, but it was an improvement from two years ago. And you added Saquon Barkley, and you just didn't seem to click with Eli because he's a statue. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. no matter how great of a line you put back there, if they 
blitz and he has to step up. He just can't get out of the way. And then you see Eli Manning, you know, short, uh, short hopping balls or overthrowing balls. And it's just because as soon as something goes bad, Odell Beckham opens up his mouth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then no doubt we, uh, we've not heard that. I, I, I don't know about you two, but I'm, I'm getting actually sick and tired of these uh, Odell Beckham trades. He, he's going to be traded. He's not going to be traded rumours from all these different sources. Really, really starting to grind my gears. But we won't divulge too much into that because uh, that would be giving OBJ what he wants. So let's move over to the NFC North. Then I'll start off uh, with the Chicago Bears. Uh, for me, it's a, it's about the backfield. You know, what what does this backfield look like? Um, you know, obviously, you had the, the tandem of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen last season, but a few rumours uh, going around about obviously Jordan Howard's um, status on the team. Mike Davis, they, they've recently brought in in free agency as well. Um, you know, this is the guy last year who had 250 attempts, at 3.7 yards per carry with just the nine with the nine touchdowns as well. So. You know, you can you can be in both camps and to say that you know he done a, he done a job and he's he done what was needed because Tariq Cohen stepped up. You know, um, you know, ninety nine uh, rushes at four point five, carrying three, but obviously most of his damage done through the air. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. You know, if if Howard goes, you know, the options are starting to run out now at the time of recording. You know, second day of, of legal tampering in free agency. Mark Ingram, I think, is just about on his way to the Ravens. There's not really a lot, a lot left in the uh, free agency. I mean, they can probably pick up something in the draft, maybe third round. Uh, but Mike Davis was was a bit of an eye-opener for me, uh, a bit of a head-scratcher, really, because he's just essentially another Tariq Cohen, really. Um, so just be interesting to see what that backfield looks like going into into 2019, you know, because you, you've got the Vikings and the Packers, which we're going to shortly, that are you know going to be chasing the, the Bears. So it'd be interesting to see what they kind of do in the backfield there. Yeah. For sure, yeah, definitely. It's it's been a it's been a good backfield, hasn't it? And uh, they kind of have favoured three Cohen over there, and then it's been how that's been going out. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, and how, how that works in Chicago, obviously with them defending the division. Okay, Anthony Green Bay, go. You know, Green Bay. Uh, I think a lot of it is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Can he bounce back? Can he bounce back with the new uh, with, with Matt Lafleur, the new coach? And how is he going to coexist with the new head coach? Because things didn't end well with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. And from all the reports and rumors that we see and hear, suggest that Aaron Rodgers is almost at the closest thing the NFL might have to LeBron James. And I say that because LeBron James has a lot of say over personnel movements and who his coach is and what players are around him. And it seems like, you know, when when the front office uh, supposedly brings in Aaron Rodgers to help him out with coaching decisions, that that's just not a good thing to me. There are front office coaches and should be there and, and giving Aaron Rodgers that luxury uh, can be detrimental to the locker room in the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and a, yeah. a, a, a further yeah. point to that. How, well, how, how has Matt LaFleur got that job, by the way, Lee? Yeah, how well, we, we kind of queried it ourselves. Didn't really work in Tennessee, was it? Obviously, at the start of this, well, probably about 12 months ago, maybe a little bit less when he was hired. I was Tennessee high, wasn't I? I was all over Tennessee thinking it was going to be a great offense and it just fell flat on its face. Mm. So then to sort of get a sort of promotion and then have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is kind of yeah, baffling to me. Yeah. Uh, talking about baffling, the Minnesota Vikings missing the playoffs uh, last season was also quite baffling. Lee, what's their storyline going into 2019? So just give your $80 million quarterback some protection. You know, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is a veteran. Yeah, he's moving, you know, he's moved into his second year now at the Vikings when he's a fully guaranteed deal. And they didn't, the year one didn't end too well. You know, they missed the playoffs. Um, they've got all the weapons. They've got a young running back in Dalvin Cook, one of the best wide receiver duels in the league, and a reliable tight end in uh, Kyle Rudolph as well. And then you've got Mike Zimmer on the sideline. He's a fantastic defensive mind. And so there's no real reason why they should be shouldn't be making the playoffs, to be honest. Mm. You know, apart from the fact that Kirk Cousins is just under pressure way too much. Um, there's too many bad lines in the, the... There's too many bad ones in the NFL. Minnesota's one of them. They've got a... Just not going to get any return on their investment on Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, they, they've got to make major investments for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Anthony, any any thoughts on, on Minnesota's uh, troubles? I think uh, what's going to help them out a lot is uh, they brought over Gary Cooper Kubiak to be, uh, I believe he's going to be a, a senior offensive assistant or a passing game coordinator. Gary 
Kubiak also going to want to run the football. So expect to see improvements along the offensive line. There's see there's some rumors saying that they could turn Riley Reef into a guard and maybe bring in or, or draft a new tackle. Uh, uh, which could be a good thing for the Vikings. They got to get Dalvin Cook more involved. Uh, Latavius Murray uh, to the Saints in free agency. I do think that they need to bring in a secondary back just in case anything go happens with with uh, Dalvin Cook and his knee. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, moving on to the bottom of the pile in the NFC North and Detroit Lions. Uh, I initially had my storyline here is uh, do Detroit bring in a wide receiver now? Obviously. Amendola signed a 4.5 million one one year deal, so I kind of got that one right and kind of answered my question for me. So uh, my new question um, or my new storyline for Detroit is: At what point do they get refranchised as the, as the Detroit Patriots? Because yeah, they, they last season bring Patricia in, uh, and then they just seem to be bringing bringing everyone in that's uh, from from the New England Patriots. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully expecting a rebranding the Detroit Patriots. Um, you know, Matt Patricia to channel maybe he's, he's in a Bill Belichick, but um, yeah, I, I think they've really overpaid in free agency for for, for some of those players like you know, Trey Flowers, um, Danny Amendola, and uh, the other guy his name escapes me. But yeah, um, obviously the wide receiver position we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll circle back to that. Danny Amendola was needed to to be brought in after releasing Golden Tate, um, so he should uh, should see a lot of targets in fantasy football uh, for twenty nineteen. Uh, to give help to obviously Marvin Jones and Kenny Golladay there on on the outside. So, uh, but you know this is a team. It'd be interesting to see actually because <clears throat> you know they tried to establish the run to be, be a more balanced team last season uh, with the draft pick of of Kerryon Johnson. Uh, I think they've just signed Jesse James as well, haven't they? The tight end position as well. So, um, be interesting to see if they can they can strike that balance there on, on offense. But yeah, so. Um, I fully expect the Detroit Patriots uh, to, to to storm to the NFC North title in 2019. Um, I do I do joke, of course. Uh, let's move uh, to the NFC South. Uh, Anthony, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. Is probably going to be uh, Cam Newton and his shoulder. Uh, I think he'll play. He's not going to that. I don't think he misses any time. Uh, that being that, the Panthers are being quiet right now in free agency. They lost Devin Funches. Uh, they don't have any running back depth behind Christian McCaffrey. And there are also the reports saying that they want to scale back Christian McCaffrey's work. If you're going to scale back his work, who the hell are you going to give it to? <laughs> uh, the wide receiver position, I like DJ Moore and Samuel a lot. But behind that, you're left with Tory. Smith and, and Demir Bird, they they have a lot of holes on that offense that need to be addressed. I think the Panthers uh, and, and you know Ron Rivera is probably on a hot seat mm. in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget as well, uh, you know, Greg Olson, who um, is, seems to be tempted by the uh, the Monday night booth with uh, with Mister Mister Booger over there. And um, yeah, Ian Thomas obviously would be stepping up there. But yeah, there are there are in fact a lot of holes on this Carolina offense, uh, which seem to maybe Cam Newton's covered over the cracks a little bit over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, Lee, do you want to talk about the uh, division winners, the New Orleans Saints? Yeah, so the, the big storyline uh, for the Saints for me is the time's ticking. Um, like any team, the top level quarterback, but with also an aging quarterback. The Super Bowl window feels like it's closing and closing fast, really. You know, Drew Brees, he's still playing at a very high level, still a great quarterback. Uh, he's showing many signs of dropping off. Uh, but never mind, you know, the back nine of his career, he's basically teeing off on the 18th, I would say. Mm. Uh, so I said it last year, I had a feeling that Brees, that's sort of going to be the thought train every year now. Yeah. Um, so the same thing to know this as well, I would say, because, you know, over the last year or two, you've seen Mark uh, Ingram and Alvin Kamara becoming the folk. The offense more, mm. and obviously Marking was not going to be there. So how are they going to do that? How are they going to keep the time from ticking and kind of maximize Drew? They're going to have to get a better, a good version of Mark Ingram, which you know, like we've been saying, could be Latavius Murray. Um, and, you know, and then they got to do that. They got to maximize. They got to get one last shot at that Lombard, haven't they? Um, you know, and then maybe get some more help for Breeze uh, into weapons as well. Because outside of Michael Thomas, what is there? There's not a great deal, is there? No, he's, he's, he's had a history of uh, not really having too much to throw to, kind of like Aaron Rodgers over, over there in Green Bay before Devontae Adams, I suppose. But, um, uh, sorry, the tight end position anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Anthony, I just want to get your thoughts on, on New Orleans. And when, when do you think Duke Drew Brees will hang his cleats up? This could be the final year for 
I know he still looks good, but if you watched um, some of those games, if you watched uh, a couple of those throws in the playoffs, he under Thomas. He was underthrowing ball, so he might be losing the deep ball a little bit. And a perfect example is Tom Brady, to where you don't see Tom Brady. You know, he's always been a dink and dunk passer. So I think the key for Drew Brees, if he is indeed losing part of his deep ball, can he adjust and become a dink and dunk passer? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this will be this this season coming uh, will be the last one for Drew Brees as well. But that remains to be seen. So I'm going to talk about the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and again another one for me where we're going to see what what does the backfield look like. You know, no more Tevin Coleman. It's obviously going away somewhere in one of the uh, last remaining free agents not to be signed anywhere. So a bit interesting. I I thought myself, but Devonta Freeman, you know, a thousand yard seasons in in 2015, 2016. Uh, 865 in 2017, obviously not much last year due to injury, but th- uh, between 2015 and 2017, you know, 35 touchdowns, you know, we, we all know that he can, he can do both receiving and rushing as well. Um, he actually celebrates his 27th birthday on Friday, and I know he listens to the podcast, so happy birthday to you, Devonta. Um, but, I mean, Atlanta, they're, they're, <laughs> what are you laughing at? He, he does, they told me. Um you know, Atlanta, I don't think, are that far away. I backed them for for, for a Super Bowl last year. Um, obviously, the defensive injuries kind of put, put pay to that. Um, I don't actually think they're, they're too far away, uh, to be quite honest. And obviously, they're, they're going to need someone to to come in because I don't think Ito Smith and Brian Hill uh, are going to cut uh, cut the mustard uh, for me. Uh, but Devonta Freeman obviously has a few injury niggles, concussions, knees, uh, and all the rest of it as well. So I... I, I I'm surprised they haven't really addressed that yet, but maybe they they have a bit of confidence in in one of those guys. But yeah, just just to, to see what the dynamic is in that Atlanta backfield because you know, over the last couple of years it's been a, always been a one-two punch, and it's always worked effectively for them. You know, we we know from last year, Tevin Coleman couldn't do it all on his own. Um, so I expect you know Devonta Freeman, who whilst hasn't got a lot in guarantees left left on his contract, he signed a big contract a couple of years ago. So uh, I assume that Atlanta would still give him the the main gig is just about his supporting cast. Um, but yeah, I think if they get it right, you know, in the draft, they, I think their main avenue will be a draft in picking up a running back uh, to sit behind Devonta Freeman. Because uh, I don't say free agency, not too much left, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I, I, I really have high hopes for Atlanta if they, if they can get that right. Because uh, I, th- I don't think they're, they're too far away. Yeah, for sure. Still one of the best teams out there, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, Anthony, we come to you for one of the more exciting teams, uh, which is going to be over the off-season, uh, Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, the biggest storyline in Tampa is going to be uh, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston uh, is in a contract year, and I feel the same way about Marcus Mariota, who he was drafted with in the same draft, number one, you know, one and two, but... Tennessee Titans, he's also in a walk year. And a big reason why these guys aren't signed for Mariota, he can't stand a field because of injury. And, and for Jameis Winston, he is very reckless and careless with his decision-making, uh, throwing the football. He has fumbling issues at times. And then he also has uh, some poor decision-making off the field. He's had mm-hmm. some off-the-field issues. And if uh, Bruce Arians can't fix the problem, then I see them moving on from Jameis Winston next year. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be fascinating to see. I know Arians has come out and said that he that he likes Winston. He can do a lot, uh, a lot with him as well. He's got the weapons. May not have necessarily have the backfield, um, but that can always be uh, addressed. But yeah, it'd be fascinating to you see know, what he does. They, you know, they lost Adam Humphreys and then they traded away Deshaun Jackson's. So now those weapons, oh, yes, uh, now it's, uh, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, which isn't bad, but they don't have a running back. No, no. I love them to sign Tevin Coleman or Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Yeah. It's cool. a big year for Rojo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what, carrying, carrying, <laughs> carrying the Gatorade around. Probably, probably, fumble, probably, fumble, probably fumble that as well. Anyway, we digress. We'll move on to uh, the NFC West. Uh, who have we got here? So I've got two teams. So I'll start off obviously with, with the Rams. And once again, for some reason, I've drawn the the backfield card. Uh, we, we, you know, this is a story that's going to rumble on. It has rumbled on ever since the Super Bowl, and even in the playoffs, and it's going to rumble on for the next couple of months. Uh, Todd Gurley uh, and what who, and who his deputy is, and how much he's going to be needed in the 2019 season. Uh, we know that Todd Gurley has arthritis in his knee, and we know that obviously he wasn't used. Because of that, in in the playoffs, and, and C. Jansen, who stepped in, uh, seven yards per carry, four hundred uh, forty-three 
Rush attempts, 299 yards and two touchdowns, um, which you know is, is pretty decent by anyone's standards. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if they bring CJ Anderson back uh, and you know what condition Todd Gurley is going to be going into the new season. You'd, you'd hope that you know six months to, rec- to recover and, and get healthy that uh, he can return on, on the big investment that's making him the, the highest paid running back at the moment in the NFL. Um, just a, a quick question to Anthony first and then we'll come to Julie. Where, where do you think uh, Todd Gurley goes uh, in, in fantasy football drafts, say in, in standard leagues next season? I think this... Uh, Todd Gurley is going to be one of those players that... Uh, it's all depending on how people read into the situation and how much they buy rumors. If, if they think that Todd Gurley is still going to be Todd Gurley and get that workload, despite what anybody says, then they'll still draft Todd Gurley on the top of the draft. Mm. Uh, if they believe that the arthritis uh, is going to cause him to have to scale back his workload and all of a sudden those 25 touches are are, are, are 13 to 16 touches, then there's a good chance Todd Gurley slips you know maybe to mid to back end of the first round mm. yeah it could be quite interesting but i still think he'll be a first round talent oh yeah yeah absolutely he's just wondering i just i just got a feeling that he's he's starting to slip in 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 some leagues and you know he hasn't got the he's got more question marks needed obviously going into the into the 2018 season but lee i suppose with with all the coaches talk that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that we need to avoid uh, especially at this point in the season, there's going to be a lot of smoke screen. Where, where would you feel comfortable taking him in, in the first round of the of fantasy drafts? Uh, he's slipping a little bit for me personally. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not overdoing all the, the diagnosis maybe the arthritis because it doesn't exactly go away, does it? You know, for such a young man to get it, it's it's something that scare me for sure. Mm. Uh, you know, nevertheless, he's still if he's still getting 16 touches a game, he's still going to be 16 productive touches um, you know most of the time hmm. so you know he's maybe slipping into the, the late first round uh, but you know you still maybe get yourself a bargain at that point you know if he if he doesn't turn out to just be as productive so yeah it's a difficult one but yeah I think late first round for me yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, you've got you know the first six the first six selections of, of most drafts this season. As it stands at the moment, it's going to be the six running backs, isn't it? It's going to be Zeke, Zeke Barkley, uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, Gordon, and, and Gurley. I think at the moment I'll probably take him after Barkley and Zeke. But as I say, we've got six months to go yet until drafts. Everyone's going to be doing their drafts, so a lot of storylines, a lot of smoke screens left to go. Um, talking of uh, smoke screens, Anthony, uh, obviously. We don't know who Arizona are taking number one overall, if, even if they pick from there in the draft. Uh, what's, your, what's your main storyline over the offseason for the Cardinals? Uh, my main storyline for the Arizona Cardinals is a question is if they are trying to win football games or are they trying to dice? Because every transaction they've made this offseason, starting with Cliff Kingsbury's hire, and then you know all the talk about trading... Uh, Josh Rosen, who was last year's first round pick, they have the, you know, uh, and drafting Kyler Murray, who two months ago, he was, uh, experts were saying he he was a fringe first round pick. He was going to be like Lamar Jackson, a 31st pick. And and now he's uh, talking like he's going to be a top pick. And then they bring in a Terrell Suggs, 36 years old. Terrell Suggs makes sense for the Cowboys to the Patriots, not the Cardinals. I don't get a lot of, of what they're doing, and it just seems like they want to sell tickets. You know, signing Terrell Suggs is almost like uh, the Raiders signing Marshawn Lynch last year. A clear, <laughs> real be- rebuilding team bringing in a star to sell tickets. Mm. Yeah, no, I like it, like it. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it's me, well, if you're the Cardinals at number one, uh, Anthony, what, what are you doing with the pick? Considering I invested the next however many years into Cliff Kingsbury, you have to get a quarterback that knows how to run his system and who fits into the air raid philosophies, and that's Kyler Murray. I would probably want to roll with him and and, and get what I can for Josh Rosen. Mm. Yeah, okay, Lee. Um, What about you? What what about you? Pick one for Arizona. Trading down. Trading down. That roster's got far too many holes. Mm. Uh, Nick Bosa would be great. um, you know, he'd be great for anyone. I'm sure any team would love to have him. But, you know, if you're Arizona, like we've just been talking about, they've got a lot of holes in that roster. Um, so, you know, acquiring as many picks as they can, especially if you can get a couple of first-rounders uh, maybe this year or next. And just, you know, start bidding more. You know, hype up, you know, use this smoke screen like we've just been talking about. Hype up as so are you going to take, Isla. Mm. Um, and, you know, even if you got traded the 49ers, because Nick Moss would be a great fit for them, you 
and we'll get as many picks as possible mm. because you're not in good shape. Yeah, and like I say, Lee, obviously San Francisco picking at number two. You've got those for your storyline. What's your storyline for the 2019 offseason? I do. So, uh, yeah, in a, in a sort of a, a throwback to childhood, I'd like 49ers, please stand up. Uh, quoting a bit of Eminem, obviously. Uh, you know, last se- last off season, you know, over twelve months ago or so, uh, everyone's getting really excited to see what's in the Bay Area. You know, Kyle Shanahan was getting some pieces together on offense. Got playing for Jimmy G's for you know first full season after he was unbeaten. At the end of you know when he got traded to the 49ers, yeah, you know, front office was spending some draft capital on some nice young players. Lynchy, Dante Pettis, Fred Warner came in. You know, then you look at the division. The Seattle Seahawks were in rebuild. The Cardinals roster looks short. Obviously, he's a Niners fan so months ago. You kind of rub your hands together with the, the Rams for the West title. Mm. Then the injuries started rolling in. And, and, you know, it all got shot to pieces, didn't it? Yeah. So then, obviously, now moving forward to this year, in, in this position, you know, they've got the number two pick. Uh, you know, it could have been the number one pick as well. You're kind of thinking, is this season just gone a bit of a blessing in disguise? And where can the 49ers go with a... With a healthy roster you know it's quite kind of exciting to think mm. yeah yeah i think everyone may be trying to jump back on board the uh, the 49ers uh, bandwagon in the off season with uh, with everyone there uh, round it off with uh, seattle so again I don't, I don't know why i seem to be drawn to all the backfields but my my storyline for the off season is is, is can the penny drop uh, and i'm not talking about rashad penny being dropped from the seattle seahawks but you know can rashad penny emerge as the, the complimentary back that or the you know the back that they drafted the, in the first round, um, you know he was injured just before the start of last season. I think it was a, it was a finger injury, wasn't it? Um, so you know lost out to Carson, and lost out to Mike Davis and, and all the rest of the guys there. Uh, it was always playing catch up, wasn't he? Um, you know this is a Seattle team that there's going to be lots of opportunity. I think they were one, the first or second in in terms of uh, rushing attempts on the whole season last year. Um, you know, Mike Davis is no longer there. You know, guys like um, JD McKissick and CJ Procise, they're just um, you know bits of deadwood there. So I really, I really think there's a, there's a chance there for Rashad Penny to to emerge as maybe a sleeper or a dark horse in fantasy, especially in PPR leagues uh, next season. You know, last season they had 85 att- rushing attempts, 419 yards, uh, and two touchdowns, and he did look good in his limited opportunities against Dallas uh, in their loss uh, there in the playoffs last season. So um, Rashad Penny could be quite an interesting one. He could be a another one that's susceptible to all the smoke screens uh, and the coaches speak because we know what Pete Carroll's like with that uh, he's obviously got a lot, a lot of history with the uh, Seattle backfield there um, Anthony what's, what's your thoughts on uh, Rashad Penny I was very down on Rashad Penny last year and a lot of that uh, at least uh, from a fantasy football perspective was because his ADP was too high especially when they had a backfield with Rashad Penny uh, with uh, Chris Carson who they really like um i think going into uh 2019 uh we will see uh, a split backfield between the two of them because they did spend high you know a first round pick on rashad penny right yep yep or, or was that a, was he a second round pick no no oh, first yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a first round pick so it's they they're going to use him i think we're going to see a heavy rushing between the two of them because the seahawks want to run the I mean, last year, I believe they even passed the least. I don't th- expect that to change. No, no, absolutely not. And Lee, um, say, uh, didn't especially Dynasty. He's a real for me. He's a real buy low candidate at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Mm. There's not much hype about him. Is there? You know, there never really has been. Um, no. He didn't league where heralded out of San Diego State, and you know, with his poor season that was injury uh, hit. Mm. Much hype. So yeah, definitely a buy low candidate, and definitely um, one that could be on the Mm. There you go. So there's all your, your storylines from the NSC. I hope your children are sleeping soundly. But Anthony, uh, before before we let you go, obviously we're, we're deep in the thick of free agency now in the legal tampering period. I uh, just want to get your thoughts on some of the deals that have, that have gone through. Any any ones that are eyebrow raisers, or what's your what's been your most interesting uh, free agency tra- uh, deal? Um, a head scratcher, and it's not like a. Uh, a big-time player. The biggest head-scratcher is the fact that the Miami Dolphins named uh, Devontae Parker. Yeah. I didn't understand with rumors saying that they were going to go ahead and pick up his option or give him a two-year extension. That's one head-scratcher. 
and I really like what the Buffalo Bills are doing. I feel like they're making some under-the-radar signings. Um, they're getting Josh help. They brought in Mitch Morse, who's one of the better centers in the NFL, uh, coming from Kansas City. They brought in uh, Cole Beasley and uh, uh, John Brown. On defense, they brought in Kevin Johnson from the Texans. So some really good quality signings. I don't know why they brought in Frank Gore. I have no, no. I have, no. I, I would love to be a fly in the wall to see why, to hear why, but that's the only one that I'm not nervous for. Hmm. You know, why did he want to go to Buffalo and why did Buffalo want him? Because they have three running backs that are 30, 30, and uh, what, 35. Yeah. yeah. That is their ages. Yeah, absolutely. Running backs don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and say so, and, and so we'll get you out on, on this one, Anthony. Where, where does Lev Bell end up? I don't think at the time recording, we're recording this, he's, he's gone anywhere. Where do you reckon he uh, ends up? That's tough. Uh, that's really tough. I'm going to say the Texans. Ooh. Wow. That's a bit different. That's, that I, I bit think different. the Texans, uh, they need a, listen, they need a running back. Alfred Blue's a free agent. Miller's in a contract year, and it seems like every year they talk about Marbit Miller being a cap casualty anyway, and Dante Foreman hasn't really showed anything coming off his Achilles injury. Mm. So there's a hundred percent need for a running back. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not disputing the the need there because he was he was a guy that was the team that destination I thought would was a very good suit. But obviously, yeah. It, it, uh, it's been the Jets, been the Ravens, and the Raiders as, as teams that have been uh, branded about. The Texans maybe not talked about so much, but maybe they they come in at the last minute and uh, and sweep, and we, we shall see. Hold your horses on that one. Maybe by the time the, the listeners out there are listening to this, he has gone somewhere totally different, uh, rendering us all um, no with no knowledge whatsoever. But Anthony, just want to say thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking about some stories about the NFC. No, oh. thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Mm. And I say, if yeah, you... thanks, Anthony. Thanks very much for taking the time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Anthony, just want to remind the viewers of, of your channel and, and how they can get in contact with you if they uh, they come to follow you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at the Real NFL Guru, and you can follow the show on Twitter at the and both handles. That is our or my um, that's my handles on all social media: Facebook, Instagram. It's all the same. Mm. Yeah, at the real NFL guru. Um, yeah, probably one of the best, better handles that I, I've seen. That's quite a, quite a good uh, handle there. Really enjoy that, but Anthony. Uh, we wish you all the best, and uh, I say, being a, a fellow Cowboys fan as well, um, maybe we'll, we'll get you back on over the summer to talk to, to some Cowboys as well. Absolutely, anytime. Thanks. You take care. That's all the stories from the NFC. Maybe we can tell the, a story to the grandkids of someone getting more than eight on the uh, full 10 questions, which is now time for. So get your pens and papers because it's time for some NFL trivia. Full 10 questions time here on the Full 10 Yards podcast. And today we have Paul Brown, very special guest, uh, who has a few stories to tell, I am sure. But Paul, welcome you in. Um, hoping your NFL knowledge is up to scratch. Oh, it's far above, no, it's far below uh, average. <laughs> I'm nothing without my co-host Jack, so uh, I've got no chance in this quiz. So let's go for it. If I get one right, I'll be happy. Absolutely, cool. Um, if you want to get in touch with Paul, uh, you can get him on Twitter at Paul Brown UK. Obviously, he's a Cleveland Browns vlogger and podcaster as well. Paul, I just want to give get a couple of thirty seconds on your uh, on your combine effort. Yeah, so every week I do a weekly vlog, normally in Browns gear, food, travel. I'll be going out to eight games in the US this year, so lots of uh, travel backwards, forwards, nice. and. Yeah, I'm starting off, obviously, off-season with the Combine, and I thought Jaeger-Bob twist with the NFL Combine, so that was quite cool. Yeah, I, I think it's something they should uh, incorporate into the actual NFL Combine. What do you reckon? Well, I'm going to try and do it in the Muni lot in the Browns uh, tailgate party uh, in the, in the uh, season, so that should be quite good fun. But yeah, uh, I don't think the athletes would be as quick as me as drinking the Jaeger bombs, <laughs> but they certainly were quicker than me on the 40-yard dash. Actually, no one at the Combine was slower than me. Even uh, uh, Richard was quicker than me on the 40-yard uh, dash. So uh, I've got a lot of work to do for next year. Absolutely. How, how can they find your YouTube channel, Paul? Yeah, it's really easy. Just Google Paul Brown Jaeger Bombs and my video pops up. Lovely. Uh, it's all about SEO, isn't it? 
Paul Brown, Jaeger bombs. Google it, you'll find me. It's easy as that. Lovely stuff. Okay, back to the uh, to to the questions then. So we've got t- uh, ten questions, no time limit. But if you are taking a bit too long, we shall move you on. So uh, best of luck to you, Paul. You've got three three to beat is the is the lowest score. Um, if, any higher aspirations oh. would be eight or above. So we'll see how you go. We're still waiting for. I think we've done this this quiz about fifteen to twenty times, and we're still waiting for an over eight score. So uh, I wish you all the best of luck. But we will start with question one. Where do the Miami Dolphins play their NFL home games? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, let me have a little think. Mm. Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, question two. Adam Gase is the new coach of which team? Oh, my God. I remember his eyes. The Jets. <laughs> what the question three. What number does Rob Gronkowski wear? That's a Pat's question, isn't it? Seventeen. Uh, question four: What? Who did the Carolina Panthers take with their first round pick in last year's draft? Ooh, Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. This is where I need Jack to help me. Uh, <laughs> no, got no idea. Okay. Question five: Name the player to score the only touchdown in this year's Super Bowl. I watched it as well. Can I come back to it or not? I have to tell you straight away. Uh, we can come you, if you if you remember it as we go through. You can shout it out, but we won't return. Or um, oh, that's killing me. <laughs> uh, carry on. We okay. Uh, question six: How many yards does an illegal shift penalty incur on the offense? Five. Um, question seven: Which <laughs> which team in the AFC North just has their team helmet as their logo? There you go. It's a slam dunk for you. Browns. <laughs> Uh, it's almost as if it was scripted. Uh, question eight. Which player scored the most rushing and receiving touchdowns combined for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year? Oh, Adam, kill me if I get this one wrong. Um... I don't know, sorry. Okay. I'm upset. That is fine. Uh, question nine. Name any team that Kurt Warner, the quarterback, has ever played for in the NFL. Any team? Yeah, any team. I'll give you a clue. There's three. Mm. Oh, God. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Question 10 to round us off. Within 100, how many receiving yards did Juju Smith-Schuster get in 2018? Uh, How many what? How many receiving yards did uh, Juju Smith-Schuster get in last year's regular season? Within 100. Uh, 500 and Pat's touchdown was uh, Chubb's mate Sony McCall righty ho so what was your Julius Smith used to at the end there Paul 500 500 right okay questions all done how do you think I, you did uh, I think I got joint third bottom <laughs> okay let's go through so Miami Dolphins uh, play their Hard Rock Stadium that is correct uh, Adam Gase of course with the eyes with the New York Jets uh, Rob Gronkowski, number 87, not quite there with uh, 17, so unlucky on that one. Uh, it was DJ Moore for the Carolina Panthers in the first round. Uh, obviously, uh, Steve Smith obviously was saying about the, they've never replaced him, so that was interesting. Uh, I'll give you Sonny Michel was the only player to score a touchdown. Uh, it was five yards for an illegal shift. The Cleveland Browns, obviously, I don't, I don't think uh, we'd, we'd put this, put this segment out, Paul, if you got that one wrong. Uh, Cleveland Browns obviously helmet as their logo. <laughs> it was um, Mike Evans for the most touchdowns. Um, Kurt Warner, you could have had St. Louis Rams, New York Giants, or Arizona Cardinals. Unfortunately, not no Dallas quarterback in there, I'm afraid. And lastly, up to question ten, receiving yards for Juju Smith Schuster was why 1,426. So unfortunately, uh, just a bit further out of the hundred. But Paul, you got five out of ten. Um. So I didn't come bottom then? No, you didn't come bottom. So there, there is that. There is that. But uh, yeah, really Who appreciate you. Who third? Who got three points? Uh, that would be me. <laughs> that would be me. I've, I've stitched up by my co-host. Did anyone get four? 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, Claire. Claire got four, I think. So there you go. You're not, you're not propping up. You're not looking up, uh, up as much as, uh, as you think. But good effort. I'm super... I'm super excited about that. I thought I was going to come in a big zero. So uh, five's a very uh, credible score. That's 50% correct. So uh, I'm very happy. Absolutely. Halfway there. And uh, just before we let you go, Paul, uh, obviously that's uh, the, the Cleveland Browns looking up as well next season. Yeah, I'm going for nine wins next year. And mm. we're going to win the division. There you go. You heard it here first on the 410 Yards podcast. Nine wins for the Browns, courtesy of Paul Brown. Don't, don't forget to go check out his podcast and his vlog and his, obviously his YouTube as well, where he does a very interesting combine. Uh, Paul, thanks so much for coming on. Excellent, guys. Yeah, make sure you follow the vlog. It's Paul Brown underscore UK and uh, Google Paul Brown Jaeger Bombs weekly vlog and enjoy. And if you ever see me in London, Jaeger Bombs, first round on me. <laughs> Just the five out of ten there for Paul Brown. And again, go and check out his uh, his Jaeger bomb combine. Um, maybe Lee will maybe have to go and do something a bit similar. But our quest for um, nine or ten out of ten uh, goes on. Yeah, it does. It's, uh, it's becoming this sort of like holy grail, isn't it, almost? Yeah, I think um, when we, I think we'll have to maybe dangle a, a carrot of a prize if someone gets ten, uh, ten out of ten as well. So maybe that will. Uh, all the listeners out there or people that, that come on, maybe uh, get them to swat up on their NFL knowledge. Um, but yeah, but still, we the uh, search goes on. I'll, I'll stick up a, a new leaderboard uh, in due course this week. Um, it has been on my... I, I've got it all done and an update. I just need to, need to post it as well. So uh, look out for that. And say, if you want to come on and t- tackle the quiz or if you know maybe a podcast that wants to do it or maybe you want to do it as well, get in touch with us. Our DMs, as always, are open. Uh, but Lee, I suppose it's a good uh, couple of minutes left of the show just to, to talk about the uh, the next couple of weeks and the next months, couple of months on on the podcast. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're in the thick of it in terms of articles uh, for each team. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're we're doing an article looking at every team um, and then kind of giving you the state of affairs uh, for each of those. And then April, um, you know, next week obviously we have NFC. The week after that will be free agency, and then April is uh, draft season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, moving into the best time of year, aren't we? Um, yeah, no, it gets draft heavy. Um, and yeah, just moving forward for that after sort of a little bit of overlap with our sort of where, where do they go from here articles that we're doing for every team. Uh, I'll be doing a few draft articles, uh, looking at sort of each position, giving my sort of top five at each position, um, which will be daily. Uh, just really really build up everyone up to that uh, just getting some names out there for everyone to look out for on the night or on the weekend um, and then I'll culminate in my final mock draft of the, of the year and also my top 100 like my, my top 100 big board uh, which I'll post out for everyone for the first time I've kind of done that in sort of the public eye which would be cool for me uh, as sort of someone who's into the draft and sort of see what everyone sort of thinks of that and see get some opinion going get some debate going and you know if anyone wants to do that as well just they can post it there and we'll see where it goes from there and there's some discussion going, like I say. Mm. Yeah, and talking of discussion, obviously the NFL UK are doing a live tour and we, along with NFL Scotland and the American Football Podcast, are going to be doing an after-party uh, on the 18th of uh, 18th of April over in Edinburgh, uh, over at the Golf Tavern. Check out our, our pinned tweet, um, say, in association with the other two podcasts. We're hosting a little party for afterwards, so NFL fans that are going to that, uh, or if you know anyone, if you're a listener of this and you know someone that's going to that, Point them in the direction of our pin tweet and say just a just a, a pub that does uh, some good NFL stuff. Uh, hosted a couple of events there for NFL Scotland's uh, last year. Uh, say it's just a place to, for NFL fans to get together. No entry fee or anything like that. Um, we're trying to work out on on the finer details, but so uh, yeah, watch this space. Should be should be a good event where loads of people can just uh, talk ball. Yeah, definitely. No, that would be a really good event to go to. Um, you know, hopefully for the north of England sort of fans and Scottish fans, it's not too far to go, um, and get enough people to go along there to make it a good night. No, absolutely, and also just a bit of a tease out there as well. End of this month, uh, start of April, when we go into draft season, um, it's going to be the start of the new podcasting year. So we're going to have a bit of a revamp, and um, new look and feel, th- a few different things changing to to freshen it up a little bit because it's it's always good to have a spring cleanly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we've definitely got to try. I've some new things. You know. Keep people on their toes, and yeah, like I say, just sort of revamp a little bit. Uh, I think we're gonna change our logo and we we'll change our intro. Uh, and yeah, we won't say too much because I guess got to, got to keep people interested. You've got to dangle that carrot, haven't we? Yeah, and so I, I haven't even disclosed details of if I've put uh, what tender I've put on you yet, Lee. 
it's got to be at least uh, got to be at least the second round tender. I think it's worth a solid good pick. Um, you know, one of those things. Not a superstar, but doing a solid job, putting in the hours. Yeah, no, absolutely. I say, yeah, uh, you've got the same agent as uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, don't you? <laughs> yeah, that caused far less drama. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, no, but we we are only joshing, of course. But yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. A lot of new things that are going to be coming people's ways over the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be all exciting. But um, yeah, next week we will be turning our attention to the NFC. And hopefully we will we, we'll, we will have another special guest. We won't divulge who that is at this moment, but uh, you certainly don't want to miss it. Um, but until next Tuesday, Lee, we'll uh, continue posting the NFC North articles for the rest of the week. And we'll be back next Tuesday. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. no, can't wait. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of work going in, but it's all worth it. It's, uh, it's great to sort of have that interaction with everyone and, and sort of just put it all in. It's, it's been nice. It yeah. gets me thinking... It's the juicy flowing. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone out there listening, uh, any feedback for the show, anything you like to see or not don't like to see? Maybe you don't like my voice. That's perfectly fine. But that's <laughs> that's that's one thing that's not going to change. So that's um, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to just share us some love, obviously at Full Ten Yards on the, the Twitter, or you can get in touch with us personally at Tim underscore Monk eighty five or at Wakefield ninety as well. Maybe give us some love there on our personal uh, personal Twitters. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the Full Ten Yards podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. Really enjoyed uh, chatting there with Anthony Savino again at uh, the Real NFL Guru. If you want to get in touch with him, uh, we'll hopefully have him on uh, over the course of the summer as well. Plenty of uh, chat to get over between now and September. Uh, but in the meantime, it's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Uh, see you next week. See you on the other side. And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy the rest of your week, chaps. Uh, good luck to the new owners of Le'Veon Bell, but uh, we'll sure maybe talk about that next week. But in the, me- in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.